Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 140, I believe, of your favourite Formula 1 show. Yes, Knowing Wheel returns to recap all of the antics from the Qatar Grand Prix. And of course, for doing, you know, so much sprint racing, so much regular racing, so many weird and wonderful rules and incidents from the weekend, I need a partner in crime. It's Jamie183. How are we doing, my guy? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh... Yeah, ready for this, like the drivers should have been ready for the race yesterday. How but, are you uh, suggesting we they be, should have been ready? We won't, be, we won't be passing out by the end of this, ideally. No, no. Hopefully, if we pass out because of this, then I think we're in deep trouble. Um, but we'll wait and see as to how things goes. We're still yet to have a fainting episode on Known Wheel, aren't we? No, or a swatting or anything like that, really. So No, we're doing well. It can be arranged. We're doing well up to this point. Um, but of course, heading into the weekend, obviously we did a Qatar GP pre-show, didn't we? Um, wasn't really a lot else that got confirmed because, of course, a lot of the big talk last week, obviously, uh, was surrounding Andretti, wasn't it? Um, obviously, I think we did briefly mention it, but of course, Daniel Ricciardo still unable to return, um, but will apparently be back in the car, ready for the US Grand Prix at Cota next time out. Um, but of course, Jamie, we we have Friday night qualifying back again, and it shows you how ridiculous a format it is when. I, I like to tell people that watching Formula 1 is part of my job, and I'd almost forgot it was on. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm more prone to forgetting that sprint qualifying is happening, to be honest. But, yeah, real qualifying was happening on, on Friday night. Uh, I was able to follow it on Twitter, sadly couldn't watch. But, uh, yeah, it started off Q1, nothing, yeah, it's no surprises really. I guess the only surprise you could argue would be Lance Stroll, but at this point... P17 is his equal best performance in summer break, so um, maybe not. The the Q1 exit didn't surprise me. The way he acted afterwards did, though, even by Lance Stroll standards. Yeah, yeah, he looks done with it, doesn't he? He he was, like, throwing a steering wheel out, like, pushing people away, pushing his team members away in the media pen. What was it he said? It was, like, uh, bad race or bad qualifying session for you, Lance. He's like, yeah. What are you going to do tomorrow? He's like, drive faster. <laughs> yeah, which, which is odd, isn't so. it? Because if Kimi Räikkönen did that, we'd all love him. Yeah. But Kimi Räikkönen also didn't have a toilet in his house up until about the age of 13 or something ridiculous. Do you, do you wow. ever know this, Jamie? I didn't know that. No, Apparently, know yeah, that. his parents had the choice between buying him a go-kart or f- fitting a toilet in their house, and they chose go-kart. Wow, fair enough. Kimi yeah, I think it's hard, to, money. It's, it's hard to feel sympathy for Stroll when he doesn't have, like... His talent is obviously incredible, but he's not the highest caliber driver. Whereas someone like Kimi, who has a bad day, uh, or even Max or Norris or whoever, like if they start having a go or like acting brash to the media, it's like okay, they're a top driver. They've had a bad day. Stroll, it's just harder to to like him because it feels like every week he's just doing the same things. I think it's yeah, go and play tennis. It's just easy to dislike, isn't he, as well? I think yeah, strong. Yeah. Or you say play tennis, he could go off over to Aston Martin's WEC program. They've announced the yeah. beautiful Aston Martin Valkyrie will be racing in LMDH, which was kind of the only reason it was built in the first place. But I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, in the future. But of yeah. course, this is this is still a Formula One podcast for now. I'd love to branch out into world endurance, but Jamie doesn't watch it because he's boring. <laughs> Um, I don't watch anything other than F1. I barely even watch F1. It's shocking, so shocking uh, behaviour. <laughs> I can't watch it live that often, but there we go. But yeah, Stroll, obviously Lawrence Stroll, instead of just sacking his son 
or you know telling him try a different sport he's just going to keep employing multiple world champions just beat him into a submission basically <laughs> seems seems like the goal it seems like an expensive way of doing it you know could have yeah. could have probably done that yeah. with Felipe Drogovic the way he's driving around <laughs> at the moment but you know it is what it is but honestly qualifying friday night really the the only big story of side from stroll having another temper tantrum was just about track limits wasn't it yeah yeah so many deletions it, there's a few tracks in a year where it's going to be a big problem all weekend you know the the track is so high speed corners and the obviously drivers are their racing drivers are going to try and exploit every bit of track they can and often when the runoff is not really there they're just going to have to you know they make they take too much speed into a corner get a bit oversteer whatever it's a very dusty surface of course in qatar as well they're going to run wide they're going to like half the places around the track half the corners are going to have the opportunity to run wide out so naturally it will be an issue at tracks like this um and yeah perez was caught out by it in q2 wasn't he um although saying that the the lap that he set a lap towards the end of the session which was an improvement uh but it actually still wouldn't have been good enough to get into q3 the improved lap so that was deleted left him in p13 which was pretty uh pretty abysmal also carlos science going out in q2 despite being on it since the summer break really really not a great friday night for him but yeah they were the kind of shocks perez and science both going out in arguably the well def- probably the fastest car and probably most definitely car. the fastest car yeah and yeah third or fourth fastest at the moment isn't it um but, I mean, yeah, it was just all about, obviously, drivers trying to make sure they weren't getting invalidated. Because, like we said, the the track had recently been resurfaced, hadn't it? It had all been reprofiled and redone, um, which, of course, as we got towards the end of qualifying as well, very much became a problem with the curbing as well. But it would be Max Verstappen. That obviously, he only needed to finish P6 in the sprint race, um, but would showcase that he was still absolutely dominant force by taking pole on Friday night. McLaren as well. It was It was all just confusing, wasn't it, after qualifying... Because, of course, we had driver interviews. Drivers being told that actually they hadn't qualified where they thought they qualified. So we had an awkward moment where Lando Norris had to walk off from being inside the top three pen. Oscar Piastri then did the interview and then afterwards got his lap invalidated as well. Um, so it was, it was all just a bit of a disaster, wasn't it? Yeah, not the, not the best showing, really. But, uh, yeah, so the, the end result, you had Verstappen on pole. Never really a doubt. Only did one run in Q3, which was pretty impressive. And then Russell, Hamilton, P2 and 3 in the end. Originally, it would have been Norris, Russell, Piastri. Uh, but yeah, Russell, Hamilton, P2, 3. Alonso up in P4 with his teammate doing the exact opposite, being fourth from last. Um, Leclerc, 5. Piastri, 6. Gasly, Ocon doing all right for Alpine. And Bottas in the top 10, which is rare for Alfa Romeo, with Lando Norris actually not getting a lap at all because both of his runs in Q3 were invalidated. So yeah, not the best from him. Uh, on a Friday night but that left the grid for Sunday but before then we had a small matter of a world championship to decide in the sprint race which which is bizarre to say out loud isn't it because <laughs> I, I remember when the calendar got confirmed we'd said how Max Verstappen is going to do something ridiculous and win a world championship in a sprint weekend on a sprint yeah. Saturday and it took one go for him to do that yeah yeah and I guess that's always a risk when you pile the back end of the season full of them because is there two more to go still we've got three sprints in four weekends if you include Qatar. yeah it's so... horrible in the f1 game jamie you just spend so much time <laughs> driving well that's why you don't play it uh <laughs> but uh yeah ended up obviously saturday morning qualifying uh again 
fairly normal circumstances Q1 and 2 other than uh, some people's goats, Lewis Hamilton, going out in Q2 in, uh, yeah, deciding to boycott Q3 as, uh, as he might do quite often in, in 2023. But, uh, yeah. It happened that much. It happened in two out of the four sprints so far, which is a bit weird. Yeah, he's um, not had much luck in the sprints, has he? No, no, he hasn't. But, yeah, left in P12 with a lot of work to do to get any points. Obviously, and he goes down to eighth in the in the sprint race. Um, and, yeah, weirdly, in sprint quality three, Verstappen just wasn't on it. His first lap got deleted. And in his second lap, I guess he was being so careful to get a lap in that he just didn't didn't go fastest, which is a rarity in a qualifying session this year. Um, and that left it with a, a McLaren 1-2. But even more strangely, arguably, uh, Oscar Piastri leading Lando Norris on the uh, on the grid for a 1-2 for McLaren in the order that you might not expect. Oh, I would say, with the way recent races have been going, it's become more and more, especially on qualifying, a bit more and more what we'd Yeah, Piastri's been very doing bits, hasn't he, recently, but Norris seems to have a bit more in race pace. But yeah, quality yeah. has been very closely matched. Yeah, um, no, definitely. It. It's been interesting, hasn't it? But of course, yeah, Verstappen would still be right there, obviously, behind them in P3, alongside George Russell. So, you know, maybe there were some of us hoping something might happen. Um, <laughs> he just turned it on Yeah, lockout row three. Nico Hülkenberg, um, you know, often shows up for a sprint race. Uh, sorry, sprint qualifying. He doesn't show up for the races at all uh, in P7. There, Perez actually decided to show up for Q3. Uh, ahead of Alonso and Ocon, of course, two very, very good friends from their Alpine days. <laughs> but that did set us up then, ready for the sprint race, didn't it, Jamie? And instantly, um, of course, we mentioned there have been tyre problems. Uh, of course, it was, what, a 19-lap sprint race, I believe? Yep, that's Set up that's to right. be. Uh, and already, it wasn't that the tyres were wearing out too quickly. It was that they were being ripped apart from the inside because of the yeah. curbing and the new track surface. So a lot of drivers were very, very nervous going in that the tyres would just go bang. Um, so we, we kind of had a big split strategy between the softs and the mediums, didn't we, on the grid? Yeah, yeah. So you had the key players were really Russell, Leclerc and Sainz uh, on the on the soft tyre and kind of McLaren's, Verstappen and then both Mercedes, no, just Hamilton, sorry, were on medium tyres. Um, and yeah, I think certainly Norris said afterwards, he was very surprised people went for softs at all because they kind of knew from even the hour practice session that the softs were not going to give them the pace they needed to do 19 laps. It was all a bit up in the air because there was always this underlying rumbling that the FIA were going to do something about the tyre structure and integrity and the Pirelli were going to announce something, but they didn't know when. So teams were trying to like save mediums a bit as well for the race, thinking that they might implement something like a mandated stint length which is what ended up happening on Sunday morning um, so yeah maybe that came into it for Ferrari and Mercedes a little bit with those choosing to go for soft tyres but either way there were still points to be won in the sprint and they were going to go for it on their softs and straight away actually the race began, Piastri got away very well but Norris and Verstappen both on the mediums got immediately jumped by Sainz and Russell and Leclerc got involved as well so almost straight down it was four wide briefly into turn one and uh, yeah, Verstappen obviously just trying to protect his front wing and <laughs> protect his car from any damage. Um, got a bit shuffled down and him and Norris dropped, I think, to fifth and sixth on the first lap, which was really only the first four corners because then Liam Lawson uh, went for a little spin in the dust and caused a safety car immediately. So that helped out the soft drivers because obviously effectively shortened the race by a couple laps 
So uh, I'm sure, yeah, the drivers on softs were probably pretty pleased. Yeah, well, pretty pleased temporarily, weren't they? Um, of course, yeah, Russell as well, though, managed to take the lead from Oscar Piastri, didn't he? Made a real habit of making overtakes at the hairpin, didn't he, all weekend long? Yeah. In the end, which obviously we'll get into, but yeah, as you mentioned, of course, you know, no one. It, it was just a bizarre weekend, wasn't it? No one. It never really felt like anyone knew exactly what was going on at any moment, which is mm. not ideal uh, for a Formula One race. But yeah, as obviously Jamie said, we got a safety car very early on there. I think yeah, Lawson probably his roughest weekend, and obviously what might be his last weekend at the moment in Formula One, or what looks likely to be his last race weekend at least until 2025 unless something crazy happens um but of course as soon as the safety car went in it would come back out again as logan Sargent once again it was it was a rather odd spin this time around wasn't it, it felt like quite looked like quite a lazy spin um mm. but would beach his williams yeah and they both rookies well ironically two, two of the, of the rookies, rookies making yeah. uh yeah pretty pretty rookie errors to say use the word twice but uh yeah well the other rookie was just doing good stuff in the in the front running fighting for the lead yeah 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 and uh after the race got going again you kind of had immediately all the soft drivers kind of realizing right we've messed up here aren't we so yeah you had russell still in the lead with the piastri second two ferraris and then norris of and norris uh and all the drivers on softs immediately started dropping back so Verstappen was able to work his way through both Ferraris and, uh, yeah, chill in third for a bit. Meanwhile, Russell was losing the lead that he earned very well, uh, by his own words, that is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Piastri took it back, DRS uh, down to turn one, and that was kind of it for the race win, ultimately. Uh, Verstappen also got Russell, and yeah, he just saw this this kind of shuffling down of all the soft runners just losing pace. Well, it wasn't um, even a shuffle, was it, really? It was just no. complete fall off yeah yeah they were like one and a half seconds a lap roughly uh, at, at first that was always going to get worse and worse but another saving grace for the soft runners uh was that uh esteban ocon decided he would cause another safety car yeah another one by uh yeah he was on softs with hulkenberg and perez just behind him on mediums hulk went for a move into turn one did a little switch back perez done an even bigger switch back so they're three wide into turn two uh and yeah, Ocon has no idea that there's two cars trying to pass him at once and completely moves across on Hulk, takes all three of them out. And that's that for the championship, obviously, because Perez was out of the race there. And I think more importantly, Hulkenberg is probably going to finish P4 that race um, and get a still first point since the previous sprint. Well, no, it's P4 anyway, isn't it? But, you know, still annoying that he hasn't had a chance to score points in about six months. And the chance comes, and then Ocon just takes him out. <laughs> I mean, it was always uh, going to be Ocon, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, a title confirmed. That I don't think they told Verstappen, but I'm sure he worked it out. <laughs> um, maybe, on, maybe if you, you know, if you know that one of the Red Bulls in the gravel trap, and you realise it's not yours, uh, the, the yeah. money is it's probably your teammate. Yeah, yeah. So uh, another safety car, a bit of a longer one as well, which kind of saved the soft runners a little bit although they were still in the mud once uh, the safety car came back in you had Norris work as we up to third and I thought at the time that Verstappen was probably going to catch Piastri at least and have a go at him for the race win but that never really happened whether you know the Clarence pace was just pretty good or Verstappen was taking it easy making sure that he secured the title without a DNF because that would have been quite sad um, yeah that was kind of that and Piastri 
in his rookie season came home to win the Qatar sprint race. So very funny that Norris has had two teammates at McLaren. Sorry, three teammates, and two of them have gone on to win races. Well, he hasn't. And and Um, bearing in mind, he's watched his other teammate now also win two Grand Prix in Formula 1. Not in the same car, but... Yeah, so uh, rough times for Norris, still still trying to get his his race win under his belt. But fair play to Oscar Piastri. Really, really great Saturday for him. Pole and the win. Yeah, it was just fantastic, wasn't it? And I think, obviously, you mentioned there, I think it was more just McLaren now. I mean, as we saw on Sunday as well just seem to be legitimate, like Red Bull's only legitimate threat. And of course, you know, Japan, no, they weren't there at all. Qatar, all weekend, they seemed there or thereabouts, didn't they? And Piastri just had the pace to hold off Verstappen towards the end. Uh, Shout out was running the sprint race. Alex Albon, P7. You know, you've got your McLarens, your Mercedes, your Ferraris, your Aston Martins, your Red Bulls. And once again, Alex Albon somehow scores points against all of that. Yeah, yeah, and he's just doing the work. Like, Williams are so secure in P7 now that, like, even if, I don't know, Haas or Alpha go on an absolute run at the end of the season, I still don't think they're going to catch Williams. Um, no, And all of that is bizarre. down to Albon, because obviously Sargent hasn't scored a point yet. So, fair play. It has just been, yes, yeah, such a weird little season by Williams, but it does seem like the car, of course, that, you know, there's only so many times we can just say, oh, it's a good car down the straights, because it's picking up points around other circuits now as well. You know, mm. almost picked up points in Singapore until Sergio Perez took him out. Had other um, ideas, yeah. Yeah, it is kind of mad, isn't it, this year, the way that Williams team has kind of started turning around. Obviously, when you don't talk about the American. Um, <laughs> but anyway, of course, as we move into Sunday, though, Jamie, we would get official clarification, as you previously mentioned by uh, by uh, the FIA and Pirelli, even. Um, tyres were mandated to only go a maximum of 18 laps, because clearly, if they made it one more lap, then drivers would have tried to gamble a two-stop. Yes, yeah. And it was almost, I think it's probably a fair enough thing to do if the tyres aren't safe to do if Pirelli decide the tyres aren't safe to do more than that, it's like, who can argue? Um, well, they yeah, should be bringing tyres that they should last. Be. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but in the circumstances, it was probably the right thing to do. Um, and, yeah, the reason they didn't make it one lap longer is because then, yeah, you would have done a 19, you'd done three 19 lap stints and tried to make it the race distance on, like, dangerously dead tyres. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but then even so, people tried like they maxed out the 18 laps didn't they so yeah 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 well, but the still. the interesting thing it wasn't due to tire wear as we, as matt said it was it was the the structural integrity of the tire was just they couldn't trust it on the new curves and new track surface so they were able to push the whole race because the tire wear was never going to be an issue which actually made it quite an interesting spectacle obviously physically for the drivers as we all get on to um and just race pace wise generally no one was tire saving at all because there was no need so yeah i think they kind of used it as a test session for future rule changes maybe but well, we'll it, see. it did worry me that we were going to accidentally end up with a banging race and then the fia were going to go right now on you have to make three pit stops of grand prix in 2024 yeah. because i've i've said for years i wouldn't mind if they had a rule mandating that you have to use all three compounds but what that would probably leave you with is just five laps at the end of a race where you're on a set of the soft compound tyres. Or if you get a safety car come out, everyone puts on a set of soft tyres or hard tyres or whatever for the tyre is not that weekend for a lap. 
and then just goes back to a normal strategy. But even that could make it interesting if it just follows yeah. one season. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, this is a weird thing to bring up, but 2013 China, there was a an offset strategy back in the days where only two two compounds. But yes. the, the option, the option was, could do like four or five laps at most. And the, the prime back in those days could do like 20 laps. So you had kind of similar to this weekend in a way like you had one tie you could do a, a substantial distance on another tie you literally wanted to be on for at most like four laps so you had this really cool offset of like vettel started on the medium did three stints of medium tires and then a five lap sprint at the end because the soft was rapid for those five laps but the the medium was obviously the race tire and then the other drivers I think alonzo raikkonen and hamilton started on the soft got it out of the way and did the medium from there on yeah. So it would yeah. it would just give it a good mix up if you just like I don't know bought a tire that nobody wanted to be on for more than 5 laps. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's no. basically what we had this race. Well, I think yeah, that would that could work theoretically, but of course it would also, you know, I wouldn't want to see an 18 lap maximum tire stint rule. Of course, I get why it had to be implemented this weekend. But, mm. you know, if that was to come into place, I wouldn't want them saying, "Well, you can only ever do 20 laps on a set of tires or something like that either." Um, but of course, the other big news before the race had even started was, and it's always Ferrari that manages this, isn't it, Jamie? <laughs> Carlos Sainz wouldn't be starting the Grand Prix because due to a fuel, I want to say it was fuel line or fuel injection problem. How are Ferrari always the team that muck this up? Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, but it's classic, classic Maranello. Uh, Sainz. I, I, Sainz has a weird amount of DNSs, I feel like, that aren't his fault. I, I remember back Belgium when he was at McLaren, wasn't it, in 2020? Yeah. He got a DNS from like fifth or sixth on the grid. So, yeah, it's a shame, but he, he didn't really qualify that well. So, I guess it wasn't. Yeah, but with the way the race went, race. Say yeah, he could have probably still got a podium. Well, not podium, P4 was kind of where the fight was yeah. at, wasn't it? Um, but, of course, we got to the start. And it's safe to say on this podcast, you know, Jamie and I have made our. You know, we, we've never, to be fair, we've neither of us have ever claimed to be impartial on this show um or, or unbiased or anything like that but ah, oh, jamie talk talk yeah talk talk us through it <laughs> i was amazed at the misjudgment from lewis hamilton personally but um yeah verstappen got away fairly well from the lead you had russell come alongside him almost immediately uh and lewis hamilton probably got the best start out of the three because he was on the softs rather than the mediums. He was, he was. So he full-on sent it around the outside of turn one, but forgot to leave any room. When he literally started third, and there's two cars on the inside that he can see going to the corner, he just squeezes them both massively. Russell can't do anything. Verstappen's on the inside of the track, and Hamilton's got like half a track's width to use on the outside if he wants it. But like Silverstone 2021 just thinks, I'm just turning in here and we'll see what happens. Um, it's the opposite of 2021. It's the opposite, isn't it? Sorry, yeah, not... yeah. It's, it's, it's the amount of people I saw on Twitter going, "Oh well, if you blame Lewis for Silverstone 2021, then you have to blame George Engel." It's not quite. That's how it not works. quite the same. No, no. no. <laughs> uh, but yes, that was a bad attempt at base. But we'll <laughs> get back to the point of this race and Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, uh, into the gravel, out the race, messed up George Russell's race as well. They're both off. Russell was able to carry on. Hamilton's out on lap one. Uh, I guess is that the first time this season that he's out on lap one? It's the first time he's DNF this season. He was the only driver other than Max to have done every single lap wow. this year. Wow, there you go. Um, 
yeah, first DNF this year. Obviously, last DNF, I think, was Abu Dhabi last year. Yeah. And the one before if, was... If he's done every lap this year. Yeah, the one before was obviously Belgium last year when he did the same thing to Alonso on lap one. Um, yeah, it's just a bit odd. He, he he's obviously knows how to drive and he shouldn't be making misjudgments like this. So... Well, apparently, go. and by no means am I suggesting it makes it okay, but apparently Mercedes, of course, they couldn't... So Hamilton basically had to start on a set of soft compound tyres because he didn't have enough mediums for the race. So Mercedes had apparently come up with something that basically meant George Russell was just going to let him by into Turn 1. But, of course, then Russell got a better start on Max, so I think Lewis had kind of gone for the hail... Because by the time him and Russell collided... He was actually alongside Verstappen. Like, yeah, his front wheels yeah, were at the same point wide. as Verstappen's. But, of course, I'm guessing he just thought George Russell was going to back out of it and slot in behind Max. But, of course, that's, you know, all well and good, but George hasn't backed out and you've turned across him. It's a bit ridiculous to be making plans like that down towards Turn 1 anyway. If you want to do team orders, do it later in the lap, surely. But this like was anything. what... Because I think they were obviously basing it on what happened yesterday. So it was kind of, oh, well, if Lewis is alongside you because he should get a better start because he's on softer tyres on the clean side, just let him go. Um, but, of course, you know, I think, it, you know, obviously, you know, Hamilton obviously watched it back and said, you know, it was completely his fault. And obviously it was. Um, you know, I've seen, you know, some Lewis fans on Twitter sign, trying to yeah blame George, as I mentioned, or somehow blame Max as well um, for that one. You know, Lewis has openly admitted he just misjudged it. Um, not that I ever want to compare him to Esteban Ocon, but it was kind of, yeah, he thought, just like Ocon did on Saturday, that there were one car on the inside rather than two. Um, but I guess the good thing, well, not good thing, but the thing about it, of course, was he only ruined his own race, didn't he? Because, of course, we'll, we'll talk about he a bit later Russell's on. as well. He put but... Russell on the back foot, but I think Russell finished exactly where he would have either way, all Probably, things considered. Yeah. Um, so of course you know he did basically in the bigger picture only screw himself did help Oscar Piastri out though uh, who instantly oh, yeah. went back into P2 yeah obviously started sixth due to deletion and ended up back where he would have been had he not invalidated the lap anyway so yeah good stuff for Oscar Piastri and he was very thankful in the cool down room afterwards he was wasn't he which yeah, was quite a funny a bit of a menace but you know, yeah. it's Oscar Piastri so we allow it um, but of course, yeah, that brought out the safety car, which meant, of course, that we had the farcical thing of the safety cars out for two laps, and then cars decide to pit. Yeah, yeah, because the way it worked out, obviously, 18 laps, three stints of 18 was 54, and then the race was 57 laps. So if you do three laps at the start, and then you can pit, you can do the rest of the race with just two stops. So that is exactly what I would have done if I was racing in a league race, which had these random rules. Um, because I think that was a smart thing to do. And the drivers who did do it were, who actually had a car capable of being good, like Valtteri Bottas, I think was the only one, um, actually did, it did reap its rewards towards the end. Yeah, especially obviously if you could look after your tyres quite well as well. Um, but I guess the other thing, wasn't it, early on, of course, was the fact Nico Hulkenberg's a moron. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That was a bit. I bit bet a you did. Mistake. I bet you did. <laughs> I bet you forgot about that, Jamie. I just think he he fancied a minus two place grid penalty. So, uh, yeah, probably probably made up for all of the stuff that happened on Saturday to him. So, thought you know what, Ocon took me out of fourth. I'm going to just take a minus two place grid penalty. Do it. And yeah, bad mistake. Obviously, it's paid the penalty, but the car was never scoring points over 57 laps anyway. So. 
is what it is. Good race to make a mistake. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, you say that. He wasn't far away from points at the end. Was he not? I thought no. he was not far off. Alfa Romeo got a double points finish, and Haas is no slower than the Alfa, I'd mm. argue. Tire wear, though, is absolutely horrendous. I want to they only have to do 18 finish. laps. You told me tire wear oh, wasn't yeah, a tire problem. Oh, yeah, never mattered. Actually. Exactly. Yeah. You've just got to admit it. The Hulk's not got it. Simple <laughs> as that. Simple Sorry, as that. Where, where's Hamilton in this situation? Uh, he was making it interesting <laughs> at the front <laughs> until he was no longer at the front. <laughs> yeah, at the front very briefly. Yes, yeah. I mean, by lap six, though, it was kind of, again, how many times have we said that this year where there was a lot of overtakes going on? But just not many of them are very exciting. Uh, George Russell overtook Sergio Perez, which was quite interesting because, of course, Perez has got a quicker car, remember? Um, and George managed to get past him and then never saw Checo again all day. Um, but it was kind of Russell early on, wasn't he? He was kind of making all the big moves, mm. wasn't it? Um, Alex Alden led a lap for the first time in his Formula 1 career, I believe. Really? Um, so that was quite... That's I surprising. believe so. Wow. I don't. I don't believe he ever led a lap in. He might have led a couple of laps at Rebel actually, um, but it's certainly the first laps he's led at Williams, and the yeah. first lap Williams have led in a long old time. Um, but it kind of just was a lot of DRS overtakes as we've seen all season, wasn't it? Um, yeah, DRS until... I think was probably slightly too powerful. Well, it was better on Sunday once the headwind so they got removed. It? Oh, they, the headwind got yeah. They, yeah. uh, they changed the rule by stopping the wind. <laughs> exactly. They, they stopped wind. They put a huge wall at turn one <laughs> to stop the wind coming in. Um, but kind of, you know, the only real things that happened were later on in the race, wasn't it? Lap 33. Um, you know, of course, we, we always bang on about Fernando Alonso in 33. That was the lap he almost <laughs> took himself out of the race with a nice yeah. oversteer moment. So showcase that whether you're the most experienced or the least experienced driver on the grid, you can almost drop it at turn three. Or drop it if you're lost. Yeah, completely drop it. Um, but Alonso, obviously, the wily old fox, was able to find an escape road and get back going. So And almost took out yeah. Leclerc in the process. Did almost take out. I don't quite know how he got away with that on unsafe release. Or unsafe because it's Alonso. I, I was thinking about this <laughs> earlier, Jamie. We're going to go on a slight tangent here. I reckon the worst thing that could happen to Max Verstappen in the next couple of seasons is he has a championship battle with Alonso. Not because Why? I believe Alonso's quicker than him, but just because I believe Alonso would moan at the FIA more than anyone else, and Max would finally have to start racing with more respect. I think Max does race with quite a lot of respect. I mean, he doesn't really have to race that much at all. Anymore, he doesn't race at so. all, mate, is what actually happens. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But that Alonso, would be fireworks. Alonso and Max. Alonso is just a fan of Max, it feels like, at this point. So I'd, I do, obviously, that would go if they were battling for anything. But even in Monaco, Alonso was like, that's annoying, but fair play. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, lap 40, well, I mean, this was kind of the big thing, wasn't it? Towards the end of the race was just how many drivers were starting to feel under the weather. You know, as we mentioned, it was basically a 57-lap qualifying session. Um, so Logan Sargent was sick had to retire from the Grand Prix um, Esteban Ocon was also sick didn't retire from the Grand Prix uh, and Pierre Gasly we, we discovered couldn't overtake and stay on the circuit either no and he, even when being overtaken he couldn't keep the other car on the circuit because he pushed off George Russell at one point or didn't he so yeah it was just a brutal race to be fair like pretty much unanimously every driver said it was the hardest race they can remember um obviously sergeant fair play for pulling out what he did i think probably the right thing to do and fair play to williams for letting him um because i think they just didn't want another car trashed yeah maybe maybe and yeah there was so much physical difficulties going on 
due to the, the heat and the humidity. And like the drivers are saying they're basically breathing in fire, um, like through the helmets. You saw Russell was like almost taking his gloves off to try and get some airflow to his body. And yeah, it was, I think that it was something like 52 degrees at the track level. And obviously they've got three layers of overalls on and like their water bottles will be like the same temperature as the car. They're so heated that like, yeah, it was absolutely brutal conditions but one driver who loved it was Valtteri Bottas who uh is probably the the driver I would back to win if they did like a decathlon or something <laughs> oh absolutely yeah yeah cycling at least yeah um because he's just super super fit and obviously he's lived his whole lives in saunas and stuff so he was ready for it uh and yeah it was it was pretty brutal. A lot of the driver, I think Stroll said he was fainting down the straight, which I think is probably exaggeration because if he was fainting, no, no he did wouldn't. you not see this clip of when he crossed the line? There's a no. clip of his onboard after he crossed the line of literally his head like swinging from side to side because he can barely stay conscious. Wow. So I think he then had to get rushed to the medical center. Three other drivers took themselves to the medical center for dehydration after the Grand Prix. You had two drivers being sick. It was. Not ideal, I think, is the way we're going no. to describe it. I mean, Lando, Oscar, and Max, obviously, all after the Grand Prix, were knackered. Yeah. Like, just led on the floor, and none of them looked particularly well. George Russell looked pretty ill as well. Obviously, we mentioned him a second ago. Mm. Um, Bottas, fine. Just because <laughs> he's probably... We, we mentioned this pre-show, actually, but Bottas is probably the best athlete in Formula 1 at the moment, the healthiest driver. Yeah. Um, I actually follow him on Strava, and in the morning of Sunday, he did like something like a 50k bike ride just to warm up for the race yeah, so he clearly just he clearly wasn't things. bothered by the weather <laughs> no, just bought us things at the end of the day um but it did mean of course yeah at the end of the race uh max verstappen took the win but only five seconds ahead of mclaren they weirdly kept close to him all day long didn't they they did they did i i think max probably had a bit in hand um, oh yeah if you got the lead and you know yeah, if you need to it's turn a race like the wick, this you can you're just going to yeah. do the bare minute. You're going to... What's it Alan Prost always used to say? Win, a race Win the race in the, in the slowest, slowest way possible, yeah. Mm. So I think that was Verstappen's game plan tonight. Uh, but of course, yeah, another McLaren double podium. George, as we said, obviously recovered to P4, did very, very well. Um, so I think, yeah, that early incident... I think he was going to finish P4 either way. It just might have been that he could have hassled the McLarens on a weekend that we really thought Mercedes were going to struggle Charles Leclerc P5, Alonso, Ocon, Bottas and Joe getting a double points haul for Alfa Romeo. It means they're back ahead what of Haas and probably going to stay ahead of them. Uh, and despite the fact, obviously, George and Perez had a battle early on, um, Perez somehow only came 10th. Yeah, he got a couple of penalties for track limits, didn't he? Um, just really, really poor weekend for Perez. Poor streak of a few weekends now. Cause... Well, it's basically been most of the season, hasn't it, really? Yeah, but even... Like he's not even troubling the thought of a podium anymore, really. Like, no, no. he's not he a consideration scored, for any of the other drivers. I mean, he scored five points in the last three races. Alarming, five yeah. points in the last three. Well, it's Bottas just... has got more than that, hasn't he? He's, he's definitely on four. Did Bottas not score? I don't think before? Bottas has scored any other races recently. I don't believe. Uh, no, he hasn't. But yeah, no. Bottas only has one fewer point. In the last three Grand Prix than Sergio In the last Paris. three Grand Prix. <laughs> that is... I mean, Albon's... Has Albon outscored him? Or is right there with him still? No, yeah, that's uh, Monza, sorry, isn't it? Where Paris got a podium. Was the one yeah, I was Mon thinking Monza. of. So Singapore, Japan, Qatar. 
he yes. got five points. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. he'd only be on four if he hadn't taken out Alex, and Alex would be on three. So he would have scored as many as Bottas <laughs> and won yeah. more than Alex yeah. Albon and a Williams, which is kind of staggering, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Gasly also got a penalty at the end of the race for track limits, which raised Joe from P11 up to P9. So what a, what a legend. We love to see it. We love to see it, yeah. Because uh, Stroll got a penalty as well, didn't he? Because he was inside the top yeah. 10. So Joe went from was, 11th to 9th. was crying that uh, Stroll was saying, like, you literally you, you couldn't see the white lines because you're so, like, zoned out, basically, with dehydration and, and heat. And yes. obviously yeah. the resurfaced painted curves you genuinely could not see where the track was he was no saying. no well but, three dry yeah three drivers i believe jamie uh got away without a single track limit warning this weekend can Lewis you name Hamilton. them yeah <laughs> he was one actually he was off the track so if he managed to come back on he would have got one yep like um, holkenberg did at austria when yeah. the engine blew up yep uh carlos Sainz probably yep that's two uh daniel ricardo no well he didn't get one no but he also wasn't driving um, I don't know. Joe's usually quite good at not getting them. Uh, it was Max Verstappen who didn't get oh, a single track limits warning. Yeah, uh, goes to show just how tell, hard yeah. he wasn't pushing. He had the McLarens at arm's length. You'd imagine exactly, exactly. Um, we've, we've kind of rattled through everything very, very quickly there, haven't we? We've done a we very have, good job. I'm proud of us. Um, are we doing? What do we want to do first, Jamie? It's your choice. We'll do the quiz. I think you go like this. Okay. Uh, we're going back to having some time pressure. Oh, uh, no. I enjoyed weeks. the last couple where it was all calm <laughs> and collected. Because this was the first time McLaren have got back-to-back double podiums since Turkey and Canada in 2010. That's mad. With, uh, which is a bit mad. But they've obviously had back-to-back two podiums in Japan, two podiums in Qatar Can as well. Can we shout out as well the 2010 Canadian Grand Prix for ruining Formula 1 and its ties? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, interestingly, Turkey and Canada, 2010. Uh, there were how many is that? There were 13 drivers to score points in either of those races. You have to name all 13. You've got a minute. Okay. Go. Uh, Seb, Mark, Jensen, Lewis, Alonso, Massa, Schumacher, Rosberg, Petrov, Kubica, uh, <laughs> Sutil. Um, Doing well. I think you've only got three left and you've got 45 Heidfeld. <laughs> no. Um, who was in the other Force India in 2010? Hulkenberg. No. Yeah, I know he wasn't in the Force India. Who was in the other Force India? Um... 30 seconds. The oh, race come on, dropped. who was in the other Force India? That's the um, question. Barrichello. Did no. he score? No. Uh, it wouldn't have been any of the back markers. I'm trying to think of the other team. Uh, Buemi. Yep. Um, Alguasuari. No. Um, Ten else? seconds. Who else Go on, you can do this. Two more. Force India. Oh, come on, Sutil. It was. It was with Five him. seconds. It wasn't Fisichella. He gone. Oh, I don't know. You I don't. rattled so many off then instantly. Can, yeah. you, can you tell me the team and I'll try and get it? So the it's other the other one. Force India. Yep. Which and it was. Is... Who's in the uh, other Force India? The other Sauber that you didn't mention as well. The other Sauber. Well, that was Kobayashi, wasn't it, still? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. annoying. I should have got that. Uh, and the other Force India driver, it was Sutil and... Wasn't Dorasta? Because he no. came in the year after. Who was in the other Force India in 2010? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Italian? It wasn't Fisichella. No. Italian? <laughs> was it Luizzi, was it? It was Luizzi. Luizzi was in the Force India in 2010. Yeah, he qualified fifth that race. How, which race? Canada. Okay. Canada. Yeah. How am I meant to remember that, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> I'd have got that. Just yeah, saying. you probably would have, because you made the quiz. <laughs> yeah, well done. Ten out, no, eleven out of thirteen. I will. I'll take that. To be fair, I, I'm happy with how quickly I rattled. <laughs> Pretty off the much first all few. eleven of, or ten of them in the first ten seconds. Yeah, I just had to go for it. Um, who was your driver of the weekend then, Jamie? Hmm, probably obvious, but Oscar Piastri. Oh, I think that's uh, fair. Win P two pole position. P2 on the grid, no, P6 on the grid, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. quality, quality weekend. And he's, yes. so, he's quickly becoming one of the most impressive rookie seasons in a long time. So. We, we, we probably all sh- also should make a bigger deal of the fact Max Verstappen's gone and won his third world title uh, and oh, has yeah. now got almost double yeah. the points of anyone else. <laughs> yeah, it feels like such a... like It a, was a foregone conclusion by round yeah. six, wasn't yeah, it, to yeah. be fair? So it's been coming for a year. There's so little fanfare about it for that kind of reason. But fair play. Up there with his uh, future father-in-law. Um, so yeah. Do you reckon Kelly will stick around, or do you reckon she's eyeing up Liam Lawson now? <laughs> she likes she likes her next bit of young Red Bull meat, doesn't she? <laughs> oh dear! Right, that is uh yeah, not not a conversation I want to have. Fair but enough. Also, Joe Guan Yu deserves a shout out. What he a does. guy! He does. He definitely. did quality. P nineteen to P nine. Ended the race with the soft tires for five laps and was going rapid. So, yeah. Unlike George Russell, I who went that, on those uh, softs and did nothing. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed his race. Double points for Alpha, and up to P8 in the championship, which, unless Haas's Austin upgrade is actually good, they're probably going to hold would, on to. It would make me laugh if Haas's Austin upgrade was really good, and Alpha Tauri seemed to perform a bit better like they did at Suzuka, and but Alpha Tauri still somehow come last. They're 11 points off now, Alpha Tauri, so... Well, you only need scored... three points a weekend. Yeah, they've scored for five all season, though. Yeah, but they scored two in Singapore, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, in a race with a lot of DNFs. Yeah, yeah, to be fair. Um, predictions recap, Jamie. And we've actually been forward planning this week and wrote down who we, we picked. Rather than having to go find them rapidly at the end. What um, were the scores on the doors coming into this weekend? Again? I think I'm still two ahead of you. You're two ahead, but how many points are we on? 53 versus 51. Okay. Um, so Jamie predicted Max Verstappen. For poll on Friday. Uh, for poll on... on Friday, yeah, yep. Sergio yep. Perez to win the sprint. Yep, didn't happen. No nope. idea. So two points so far. Max Verstappen to win the the feature. Four points. <laughs> Lando Norris in P two. One point five and, points. And Carlos Sainz P three didn't even start. No, you you very much did give Carlos Sainz your typical kiss of death, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. Uh, I I can't say I did much better though because I predicted Max for poll on Friday, so I got two points there. Uh, I predicted Max to win the sprint on Saturday. Didn't get that right. I did predict Max to win the Grand Prix, though, so two points there. I also predicted Lando... Well, I say I also predicted Lando P2. I predicted it first. Uh, <laughs> and I thought Perez wouldn't have a stinker. Um, so we both got dead. five points. Yeah, so it hasn't changed. I feel like we've got the same score like three weeks in a row. But that's yeah, fine with me. Normally you, you copy me, basically. Well, let me go first and go different then. No, because you're to say Max <laughs> and then I'm screwed. I'm sorry, I'm scared of that. 
Um, but it does mean what's that? Fifty-eight to fifty-six now. So it's still oh yeah. All I to play put for. the numbers in wrong. Uh, yes. Was it five each we got? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I just put the numbers in wrong, but we'll fix it. <laughs> and Jamie, then. I mean, what are we giving it for a race rating? Because it felt like one of those weekends that, looking back, probably was a disaster, but <laughs> nothing massively dangerous happened, so we got away with it. I quite enjoyed it overall. I like seeing the drivers absolutely physically pushed. Obviously, this you probably like was a bit too far. You like seeing drivers being sick. It was probably a bit too far, but I like when you can tell they're athletes and it looks like hard work. So this is probably nothing. Gene slightly... loves more than watching twenty sweaty men. <laughs> Only nineteen. Carlos Sainz wasn't there. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yes, uh, indeed. So. I would probably give overall weekend experience a seven out of ten. The sprint race was very good, and the feature was pretty good. Yeah, I'm I'm going to agree with you there on a seven out of ten. I believe, um, like I said, it felt like there was very a lot of disasters that narrowly got averted this weekend. But it is what it is. Jamie, we've done pretty well today. We've managed to smash through an entire sprint we weekend in forty five minutes, which is good going by our standards. Yeah. Um, outro this. Outro. Uh. Yeah, thank you for watching. We've got, obviously, we'll be back next Tuesday for a US Grand Prix preview uh, with, yeah, it's not a doubleheader, is it? No. Well, no. US and Mexico is afterwards. Yes. But yeah. Uh, we'll see you next week. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, leave comments and everything. Give us those sweet, sweet interactions. Go subscribe to our podcast channel because this won't be on Matt's channel forever. 2024, we'll be switching over. Um, and yeah, thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.